So, it's really important to keep, this is kind of the theme for all the Bible sections that we see. This second half of the Christian year, you know, say from May until November, is usually about Christian living. The first six months from December through April are usually about Jesus' life. It's going to be about all the stuff Jesus did, right? Christmas, he's born. Uh, Epiphany, we learn about all the stuff he did, supernatural and said. Then we have Lent, his arrest and punishment, right? And then his return to life, that's Easter. And then, you know, his uh, physical return to heaven. But this second half of the year, we talk about Christian living And one thing we want to keep in mind is this love people and use things. Oops, I probably didn't turn it on. I've read that you have to turn stuff on if you want it to work. But what do I know? So love things and use people that, that's not correct. That's the opposite of what the Bible's teaching. It's the opposite of what Jesus did. And it's the opposite of what we want to do out of gratitude to Him. We want to love people, show, and it can't be a, have a warm fuzzy about people. It has to be showing. It has to be sticking out. It has to be obvious to people. Show people God's kind of love and use things to do that. If you you just do the thing that comes natural to us, which is love things and use people, then people know. People can tell that. They, they, They can tell you're a user. That's what they mean. That you don't really care about them that you just are using them for some purpose to help you. Um, and, and so it's important as we look at that last Bible section and keep in mind those other two, to keep a perspective, the right perspective on life. We have been learning as we the last couple of weeks looked at things that just because people's bodies die and it says on their tombstone when that happened. That does not mean that person is dead. Right? Remember that? Didn't we talk? Was that last week or the week before when we talked about that? It, the person is still alive. But they're in another location and their body stays behind. And, of course, like we said before, nature takes its course with that. Do you remember this from, I think it was last week? The bird that goes to that really tall mountain. You remember that? How'd that go, Ken? I told you there would be a quiz this week, and so here it is. Yeah, that's, that's kind of helpful. We need to remember that this life is just a little peck compared to all of eternity. Another way to think of it. So you got another bird. It's on a beach. 
it bends down and picks up one grain of sand. And then it takes flight and goes all the way to Asia. I don't think there's any bird that can do that. I think you gotta stop at a fast food place or something and you gotta get some rest and you know. But let's just say this mythical bird could do that, fly all the way to Asia. On our planes that go over 500 miles an hour, it takes like 12 hours. How long is it gonna take a bird? That bird flies all the way to Asia. He drops the, the grain of sand and then he flies all the way back to our left coast to get another grain of sand. This bird's job is to relocate every grain of sand, grain by grain, from one continent to the other. And there are a lot of grains, a lot of grains of sand on beaches on the west coast, right? We're talking about all the sand you can find anywhere, grain by grain, little bird flying all the way to Asia and dropping those off, the amount of time it takes that bird to fly every grain of sand to the other continent and drop it off is one second of the afterlife, after this life. So we have a lot of time left. We have all the time, not in this world, but in the afterworld. And God does not want us to lose out on what Jesus sacrificed to rescue us from. Eternity is a long time to get stubborn about something God says is right or wrong. I mean, that's why people end up in hell. People end up in hell, like the rich man we heard to, about today, not because they do something particularly bad. Did the rich man do anything bad that Jesus told us about? No. He rejected the news about God's body double that he sent for every person, God the Son in our place. So people end up in hell not because of how bad something they did was or they don't end up in hell because they do a whole bunch of things that are bad. So it's not the volume or the size of the bad stuff. People end up in hell simply because they reject what the Bible says Jesus did in our place. Jesus said that, right? In our, the Bible passage everybody knows, right? John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, whoever believes or depends on what he did in our place shall be saved, and whoever doesn't believe is condemned or suffers that afterlife that isn't so pleasant. It's a long time to be wrong. And hell's a terrible place to be wrong forever. And so that's why God put the Bible sections that we got today into writing. The, the Christians or pastors who seem to be excited to talk about hell 
who get a chuckle out of it, the joy out of telling people. That, that isn't the way. When Jesus talked about hell, remember, he wasn't excited about damning anyone. He wants all people to be saved. The Bible gives us that guarantee. And he knew that he was going to suffer exactly what it feels like to be in hell for all time when he was on the cross. And so we remember the perspective of all of eternity, right? The, the grain of sand and the bird with the mountain, right? That's really important for us because otherwise we get caught up in how life is going for us right now and we don't remember that that's just a little tiny snippet of time and that everything is going to be okay for people who depend on what Jesus did. It's going to be okay in the end. It's only temporary. We have to always remind ourselves it's only temporary. And the other thing we got to remember is our, is our God's great exchange diagram, right? Oh, <coughs> excuse me, it's not going to be long for me. What, um, over on the left, who is that? That's me, right? And I'm in denial about that being me because it's got the horns. But this is what the Bible says about me, believe it or not. And over on the right, we got Jesus. He's got the halo because he got it the old-fashioned way, as they used to say in that old commercial, he earned it. He earned what we cannot, and then he takes responsibility for all of our sins. He had to steal them from us because we were not going to give them up. He took away, like John the Baptizer said, with the Holy Spirit helping him. That over there is the lamb that God sent. And he's taking away all the sins of every person ever. The sins of the world. So that's Jesus taking the blame and then suffering the consequences for everything we should have to pay for. And then he is exchanging it for his holiness that he earned. This, this he gives to us. This we have now. It's not something we have to wait for. That spandex Jesus costume is something that we celebrate somebody gets at their baptism. God's telling them, I gave this to everybody. And if you choose to just write it off, then that's on you. But I gave it to everybody. We're wearing it now. Mine is like an extra, extra large size spandex Jesus costume. But this is what Jesus earned for us, right? And so that's how come everything ends up like this. Jesus ends up with the blame for every wrong I've ever done. And we end up, we have it now Jesus halo. So we don't have to do the right thing for the wrong reason to get on God's good side or because we don't want anything bad to happen to us. Nothing bad ever happens to us. Nothing bad ever happens to us if Jesus is in charge of things. If Jesus is in charge of everything, and he promises to make everything work out for our eventual, eternal welfare, for our eternal good, 
then there really isn't anything bad that happens to us. There's stuff we don't like. There's stuff we didn't plan. There's stuff that makes us uncomfortable or causes us pain, but there isn't anything bad because his hand is behind that. So Jesus is the reason that we care about what God did for us through his son. And Jesus is the reason we care about the people that we come into contact with on a regular basis or even on an irregular basis because these are all people that Jesus lived and died in the place of. So, really important. There's a lot of stuff that people in society believe that is not correct as far as the Bible says. And we don't have to compromise go down to their level and say, well, okay. No, we, we can disagree with people without being a disagreeable person. This is something we really have to strive for. I <coughs> can't do it very well. Too often what happens is we get wound up and then we get self-righteous and we say mean things. Uh, Years and years ago, like half a century ago, I was a pastor in Montana by Yellowstone Park, and some Jehovah's Witnesses came to the door. I knew they were Jehovah's Witnesses. I mean, they had the tracts and all the other stuff. And I got Bucky and made a fool out of myself. That's wrong. It's, it's not showing love to people. We can disagree, but we don't have to be jerks about it, right? That's why tax collectors and prostitutes came to Jesus. He didn't downgrade God's expectations for people's lives. They knew that they had done wrong, but they also knew that Jesus cared about them and was kind to them and tried to help them out. So Jesus is the reason we care. Uh, the Bible reading at the end of it talked about we can be content with what we have because God said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to desert you. And so why should I be afraid? He quotes another spot from the Old Testament. You know, Yahweh is, is helping me. He's on my side. I know that because of what Jesus did in my place. So when I talk to people, you know, church people, a lot of times this is the question they'll ask me when I'm visiting people in their homes. They'll go, so what am I supposed to be paying church? This is one of the questions they ask me. Not just, why are your sermons so long? But they also say, what am I supposed to be paying church? And so we remember what the Bible gives some pretty specific directions about this. It says a percentage of our income. It doesn't even say what percentage of our income. It says pick a percentage. Make it be whatever is a reflection of your gratitude to God for the gift of eternity on His good side. Now, some people are going to pick a lower percentage because they don't grasp yet what God did for them as much as some of us people have been around a long time and have really had some time for it to sink in. God's been pounding it into our heads. 
But God says, just pick a percentage. And your motivation, your gratitude to God should be the reason you're doing it. You're not giving to church, you're giving to God. That's the way we want to think about that stuff. And so, it's not just about money either, is it? Christian living is about using everything we have and are all the time as though Jesus is watching. Because he really is, right? I, he said, am with you always. I'm with you people right up until the end of the expiration date of this universe. That means he's with us all the time. So that's why I want to do a better job of doing, using everything I have to serve his purpose, to love people and to, to use things to show love to other people. So remember this from last time? Make what? Do you remember? It's double quiz today. Make as much as you can. Make as much money as you can. Save as much as you can. And give away as, as much as you can. That's loving people and using things. And, and it's tough for us to remember because our society is all about the person with the most toys wins. Those are the people that we look up to. And then verse 4 of our Bible section was the one that talked about uh, sex lives, which we don't want to talk about that. But the Bible does, and it says, we even reflect what Jesus is all about in our most private moments. So we don't just want to use people. We want to show God's kind of love even in that intimacy of marriage. And the, the first Corinthians letter is pretty good explaining about this. God wants you guys to keep away, he says, from sexual sins. In the old translation, it always says, keep away from immorality. In confirmation class, the kids would always confuse that word and they'd say immortality. I always say, no, that's a different thing. That's it's a blue pill or something. <laughs> this is how you show Jesus your gratitude is by even those most private moments. Be a credit to him. It goes on. Control your body. Don't use it. See, love people, use things, even your body. Use your body. Don't use it for sexual sin like people who don't know God or what God's done for us. Don't wrong or cheat a person sexually. This stuff is in the Bible. Yahweh will punish people guilty of that. And we know he did on our substitute. And we know it was literally hell on earth for him. He's the only person ever who felt hell on earth. When people say, oh, that was hell for me, when they pulled out my tooth, my face bloated up twice as big as it was. No, that... That, that's not hell for you. That's, a, that's your, your, your face uh, bloating up. That's what that is. 
Jesus suffered hell on earth for us. And that's how come we're out of trouble. We told you before. We warned you. God didn't bring us into his family so we could sin away sexually. He says there's no time in our lives when we can do whatever we want. Keep away from that. If you turn your back on this truth, you're disobeying God, not some person. So see, there's a, an ongoing standard, the Bible says, of right and wrong, and it stays consistent through all periods of time. Too many people want to say, well, things change as, as you get into more modern, technologically advanced stuff. But no, the Bible says these things, these standards of right and wrong are the same ones, and Christians have a reason for wanting to pay attention to that. So even the thing like about men and women and how they're really, you know, aren't differences of men and women. You know, a woman can become a man and a man can become a woman now. I'm not a surgeon, but I know that men and women are different and they have a completely, men have a completely different way of looking at life than women do. And so they're not equal, right? God made men for one role in society and he made women for another role in society. Men cannot do things that women can do. That's true, isn't it? That women are really good in relationships. Us men, eh, not so much. I don't even know like most of my kids' birthdays, which is not a credit to me. But it's just the way we are, right? So men can't do things women can do. And women can't do things that men can do. This is a really important thing. This is the way God made things. It's perfect, and it doesn't change. And he did this so that we could have each other to depend on. We have his word. We have his presence. We have the Lord's Supper. We have each other. A support network of sinners like we all will continue to be this side of heaven, but who are supporting each other to remember the big picture, to remember the impact that Jesus had on our lives personally, and to remember to love people and use things. It's not a have to. You don't get on God's good side. Jesus got us on God's good side. This is a wanna. We want to do this. Even if nobody ever made us, we'd want to do these things because the Holy Spirit makes us want to have an outlet for the gratitude we feel for the gift that God gave us. And so this is because of Jesus. And we want to do it because of the people around us who need the good news of what he did in our place.